I want to talk about grief and loss um, on this Good Friday. <clears throat> and I want people to know um, loss is part of life. We gain and we lose. We live, we die. It's just part of life. But how we deal with it determines how we live after we've had some grief and some losses. And so I'll share with you one of the things that I never understood as a young kid um, about grief and loss. Um, I remember, so my dad passed away and I think I was maybe five or six. I cannot, I don't even remember. But I remember as I was a teenager and I, a young teenager, maybe like preteen. <clears throat> and I was always, you know, back in the day, we had the diaries and we wrote in our diaries our feelings and things like that. And I remember writing poetries and letters and just different things to God about how I was feeling. And I remember, I don't know how many times it was, um, but I remember specifically being upset and telling my mother, I want my dad. And my mother says, he's not here. Something like that, right? And I never really thought about it, you know, as I was growing up and growing up and doing things like that. But I I don't know that I really grieved his loss. I know that, you know, back in the day, people would... Um, talk about your mama, talk about your daddy. You know, if you talked about someone's mom, that was serious business. But I was equally offended if someone said something about my dad because I didn't remember him. And, you know, kids want to be alike. They want their families to look like everybody else's families. Well, ours didn't. My mother was a widow, and we grew up without uh, my dad being in the household. And so... Um, most of America started looking like that after the 70s. But um, I just remember missing him. I don't even know, I couldn't visually um, remember him. I couldn't see him. All I knew is that when I got older, people would say, your your brother is who your dad, I mean, if you look at your brother, that's who you, who your dad looked like. And, of course, now I have a picture when my dad was younger, and yes, my brother and him look exactly alike. But just the visual picture is not the same, right? And so I, um, I don't know, I felt some kind of way growing up. Um, and I remember, um, you know, just, um, I don't know if a lack of attaching to other people, um, who were father figures, right? My mom had boyfriends and stuff like that. But <clears throat> I just remember that now that I think back. Back then, I didn't know that's what I was doing. But I know that I did not properly grieve my father's death. I know I didn't. I know I had a loss, but I didn't grieve that. And I, I did a lot of fighting, y'all. And when I tell you I fought... Anybody who grew up with me knew that I fought. I fought all the time. And 
I never knew why. And I would always say, I don't know why people are picking on me. And, you know, some people were because people, there are some bullies. But I fought you if you said something about my mama, you said something about my daddy, if you came in my face, if I heard you say something about me. I was just fighting up a storm, child, like I was going to fight everybody I knew. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, as you get older, you you like, okay, I got to find a different way of living, a different way of being. Um, and I always knew I could write my feelings down. I always knew that. So fast track all the way to... Um, I graduate high school, and I decide that I'm going to go into the military. I'm going to forego college and go into the military. And the only thing I knew about the military at the time was my aunt was um, in the reserves. So at that time, I didn't know that my grandfather was in the Navy. And so anyway, um, I knew my aunt was in um the reserve, that's my mom's sister. And so I joined it, right? So immediately after high school, I went to basic training. I went to AIT for training. Um, and then I came back home. And so I had to get a job and do all that stuff. Um, so anyway, I moved on with my life. And then, I, of course, I decided to go back in the military. And I'm going through this because... This will take you where I start learning about loss and grief and everything. And so I joined the military. I meet my um, husband at Fort Drum at my first active duty station. Um, And we end up leaving there and going to um, Germany. And while I was in Germany, my mother's sister passed and my mother's brother passed. And I couldn't do anything about it. I couldn't fly back home at the time. And I was in the military and I was still pregnant because I believe they both passed in in 90, I believe. I'm not sure. But I felt some kind of way. But at the time, I don't think that I knew how to process it or what to do about it. Um, And I just felt like I needed to be near my mom. You know, and I think we talked, it's been a long time, so I don't really remember, but I just remember feeling bad. I loved my mom's side of the family. Not that I didn't love my dad, but my mom's side of the family, we interacted with them daily. Um, my uncle who passed away lived with us, and uh, that's that was my uncle Bubba. His name was George. He was our house DJ, um, Bubba knew, he had every album that was an R&B known unto man. And when my mom would have house parties, he was DJing the party, right? And so we loved Bubba. Bubba, there was nothing Bubba wouldn't do for us. Um, and so I um, I felt some kind of way, and I didn't know I felt that kind of way, but I, I felt that sense of loss, um, that we had lost some some people who were really important. And they were not just important for us, you know, important for my mom and for important for my first cousins, you know, um, with, with their mom passing away. Those were my first cousins. They lived with us. We lived together, you know, at some point. And uh, we were tight. And that created kind of 
a vacuum. And not just that, but, you know, I joined the military and I was overseas. But my two cousins lived with their dad. And so I didn't get to see them as often. Um, But, of course, I I didn't know how to express that or anything. So I've had a a lot of loss, but that that's where it all begins. My dad was the first to pass in his family, the very first. In fact, in my grandmother's will, uh, when she's divvying out land, she divvies it out to my siblings and myself um, in lieu of my father. And um, I thought that was really beautiful and thoughtful. Um, and it's just amazing. But, um, and I remember when she passed, um, it was just so many people. And then it just, as you get older, you know, more people pass. And I remember <clears throat> some of my aunts passing that lived in Arkansas. And it seemed like it was, it was, it seemed like the, their death was so close together that I started saying, you know, God, what's going on? You know, I know people die, but I need to know, is this, is there some medical reasons? Is there some genetic um, connections that I need to know about? I just had a lot of questions. And this is me as an adult. I had a lot of questions and um, just looking for answers. Um, And so um, this brought me to being in social work, even during that time. Um, I took um, a grief and loss class. So I've done social work. <clears throat> and how that came about was the fact that um, I I was working for the federal government at Fort Hood, and I needed to have surgery. But at the same time, um, I, and I didn't know this at the time, the commander was not going to renew my contract. I had no idea why. Um, again, another loss. And so when I found out, I grieved that thing. I mean, I was, I didn't even know that really bothered me until it did. And, um, and so I grieved that loss because I thought I was good at my job. I communicated well. I, we had a great time. I had great coworkers and, um, so I I was grieving that loss of a job that I really enjoyed. So anyway, I had my surgery, and um, during that time, after I started recuperating, I had to figure out what am I going to do next. So I started going to school and uh, just taking classes at first, and then I went over to the Texas Workforce Commission. They give you a test if you have um, if you're in the uh, program with the rehabilitation, um, with, with the military. And they gave me a, a test and the test, um, said, this is the path you should do. And it was social work. It was almost like, okay, I can do this. And I thought about it. My sister, the first person I knew who was a social worker was my older sister, Faye. My niece was a, is a social worker my daughter became a social worker, and I was a social worker. But the work that we did, my mom did. There was never a time that my mom didn't take care of people. 
And so even though she had all of us, she was always accommodating someone else or doing things. She was a giver. She That's what she did. And um, I remember she tells the story that um, she was trying to get some services at one time and she went down to the office. And of course, I'm the baby, so I was with her. And back then, most of the social workers were white women. And uh, she said... Um, they to- they started asking questions about what I was wearing. And of course, you know, we were getting hand-me-downs, but apparently I was looking a little cute. And they made a comment about what I was wearing. And my mom said, you know what? Keep what you got. I don't need that. And we never <laughs> received that. So um, she went on about her business. But <clears throat> anyway, um, back to being a social worker. So that was the thing I started to become. And when you become something, um, and it's not hard. I remember a pastor saying this. He said, your gift will make room for you. And your gift is not hard. It's not grievous. It, it You know, it's just, it's an easy thing for you to do. My daughter, she writes like nobody's business. It's easy for her to do that. Words are her things. And when they come out, I don't even know if she knows how gifted and talented she is, because it's easy for her, right? People, for me, people have always been easy for me, whether I was fighting them or helping them. <laughs> and I say that because I'm, I'm a, I, I consider myself a people person. But anyway, um, so that is the field that I was going into. And I, I remember having that grief and loss um, class, and it was heavy. It was for me. It was heavy because I hadn't really learned how to process grief and loss. Um, but as I start going through it and then going into the master's program, um, I thought about the you know one of the things that one of my um, professors, Doctor Rappaport, she was over um, and is over the social work program at uh, University of Texas at Central Central. I don't. I think that's the way they call it. Texas A and M. Uh, Central Texas, that's in Colleen. Um, I remember her um, talking about grief and loss and the fact that she talked about her mom passing or something like to that effect. And I could be wrong, but I remember her saying her relationship with her mother changed. And I thought, how does your relationship with your mother change and your mother's not here any longer? Well, it wasn't stressful for her anymore. And things that she didn't like about her mother, she didn't have to deal with anymore. This this is my intake and my perception of what she was saying. Um, she could talk to her mother. Um, and I know people think you're crazy when you talk, but sometimes you have to have those conversations and get it out your system. So during social work, um, me in my social work classes, I learned a lot about how to get things out, you know, things that you're feeling. You can write them down. You can speak them. You can burn them after you write them down. You can type them and backspace out of them or delete them, you know, just multiple ways. But sometimes uh, or most times, you just need to deal with it, right? And so when you're growing up and you don't know those things, you do a lot of things that are negative. And uh, back then, for me, it was fighting because I didn't know how to deal with 
different changes or losses, whether I lost a friend, uh, you know, or I lost an event, you know, or some competition or whatever, right? And so I didn't know how to deal with that. So I did a whole lot of negative stuff that I probably shouldn't have done. I, I was a little cusser. I would cuss anybody out until I got caught by my mother. Um, and so um, dealing with grief and loss along the way, I started learning more and more about me and how I could deal with it. And what I found that works for me is just straight out dealing with it, just straight out dealing with it. It hurts. You grieve that thing, but you try to move on. And I remember, um, and I'm just talking about different incidents. I remember um, I was in a church in um, in Coppers Cove, Texas, and we had a uh, a brother who passed away. And it was heavy for me, really heavy, uh, because he and I was, we were in the church every Tuesday and every Thursday for noonday prayer. He was the one who cleaned the church, and I was um, somebody at the time who was just coming to the church, but eventually became the church secretary. And so I was a stay-at-home mom. I was bringing my kids when they weren't in school, when they were little. And so he, I remember we were at, a, at the church, and this is when we had the storefront church. And I laughed like nobody's business because there was a squirrel in the church. It was an old building. Child, you talking about my faith was gone. We hollered up in there because that, that squirrel was no joke. Um, but I remember that when we had his funeral service and they asked if anybody wanted to say anything. And I, I don't know if, my, I can't remember if my husband got up there or what, but I felt compelled to get up there. But I wasn't ready. I thought I was. And what I thought was, this man's life was is just not a vacuum. People need to know that he was one of the good guys, that he did just a silent good guy, you know. And so I kind of, I just wanted to say that. And when I got up there to speak, of course, I'm crying. And I didn't know at the time, like, that doesn't help the family, you know, and I don't know who his family was at the time. I never met anybody else um, that he had, but it you could see in the church how it impacted the church. And so um, I learned over time when people pass, maybe I shouldn't get up there and speak. I just wasn't ready yet, or I need to write it down. It's hard to be in a a place where you're grieving and you're trying to say some things and you look at the people and there you see nothing but pain and sorrow. And um, so over the years, I've learned to do better at that, I think. Um, but we need to give people their flowers while they yet live. We need to um, grieve a loss. If it's your job, it's, if it's a child, if it's... Um, Whatever is dear to you, an animal, um, a position, you know, a lot of times, um, and I'm going to speak for myself as a black female, um, we talk about injustices that we face, and people don't know that we we suffer those things. They think 
oh, you'll, you'll be a great fit. And then you go for the job and someone else has already uh, been promised the job, but they need another body to fill in the quota that you're supposed to interview. And so we know that we have these talents and these gifts and it's painful that you can't share those things and you know you're right for that job. And and one of the examples I have is that I remember um, being at this position. I, I applied for this manager's position at this facility I was working in, and they were hiring two managers. And at the time, I had my master's degree. I said, well, let me let me apply for this. And my two friends, Kayada and Rachel, was like, yeah, go ahead and apply for that. Fools, you'll be good at that. And I thought, okay, let me go ahead and apply for it. And so I applied for it, and um, they ended up hiring someone else. So I did an open records request because my me and the director's uh, relationship had already been a little shaky. And so I did an open records request um, which, by the way, goes through the civil rights office uh, for the state. And um, I looked at her criteria, and I looked at my criteria. And she may have had some other things, but we were spot on. And the only thing I could see different was that she had one class of a Ph.D. And that blew me away, right? And so I just watched it, and I addressed it with um, the director. I felt like... Um, it was unjust, you know, um, and at the time it, it didn't go straight to the director. I'm sure it probably did, but it went through, um, this guy who was right, it was working for her and he just, he was like, well, we just, um, someone else had better skill set than you and different things like that. But what I felt was that you're difficult to work. You're not a yes person. You we we don't need you yada yada. That's what I felt because that's who I am. I am an advocate. I can advocate for myself, and it doesn't always um, come off as the good person, right? But you know, we don't we don't get those positions unless we fight for those positions. So anyway, I went on, and um, come to find out, when less than six months, that girl was gone gone back to her old job. And I was like, wow. And people say, are you going to reapply for it? I said, no, I'm good. I'm good. So, but I I had to grieve that thing. That was a loss for me. That was a loss. It was something I felt like I was good at, um, but it was a loss. And I had to learn to grieve that and move on. And, uh, you know, I didn't hold any grudges against that person who didn't hire me. I didn't know any grudges. When I saw her in another position and I moved to another position, we saw each other almost daily in the building. I said hello to her and I kept it moving, you know, um, because that you can't hold on to that. You got to grieve those losses. So anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm saying all this to say we're in a time where grief and loss is everywhere. And it's not just us experiencing it. Uh, everybody is, right? We're losing children. We're losing parents. We're losing friends. We're losing pets, whatever um, it is. Don't take it as something small. Grieve it. 
you know, acknowledge that that was a loss for you. Every time you go for a job interview and you don't even get a viewing, that's a loss. Every time you go for a job interview, you get a viewing, you get an interview, but you don't get the job, that's a loss, right? There are losses in our lives every day. Grieve that thing. Don't shrug it off like it's nothing. Because sometimes that loss of being your spirit in your body and will cause you to feel some type of way or stop uh, you from moving forward, right? Sometimes you just need to sit still and do what you need to do until it's time for you to move. A lot of times I know working for the state, a lot of people will get mad at our supervisors or whoever, whatever department we work in or whatever, and we get online and we're just looking for jobs. You know, we on there, I'm going to apply for this, I'm going to apply for this. And sometimes it's not that time. Sometimes it's not for us to do that, right? I'm not telling anybody not to apply for anything, but um, be prepared for that loss. It may come because it's not time for you uh, to have that, right? But grief and loss is... It's something we deal with on a daily, and we have to deal with it. We need to get support with it. Uh, don't let anybody tell you, um, what are you crying about, you know? the Most jobs give you three days to grieve, three, three, three days. I remember one year my niece passed and my father-in-law passed, same year. Three days, I got three days. What was, what I did appreciate was that my supervisor said, you can have time for this one and time for this one, you know, and not just you all wrap it up in three days for all, you know, for both of them. They give you three days to grief. So you have to have some other way to deal with that. Some other way uh, that helps you get up in the morning and go to work. Because people are going to say something to you. I remember when I was having all those losses, people wanted to support me in the office. And they did. But they have a lot of questions. And they want to know that you're okay. Right? So in for me, it was, is my family okay? How is my family doing? How is my sister doing? How is my husband doing? How is my brother-in-law? How are my children? At that time, that's what I focused on, um, and that helped me get through that. I love my family, and so we we need to build some support around ourselves, right? But don't take it lightly that it's just a loss, that you're just going to have them. Yeah, you are, but you need to find a way to be able to deal with them and to be able to move on. So I just wanted to share that. I I didn't want it to be too heavy or anything, but I just wanted um, to share with people that this is part of living, you know. Um, Some people um, take it harder than others, and and it is. It's hard, especially when it's a tragedy when people are murdered or people die suddenly that's more of a tragedy and it's more I think it's harder to deal with than people who've lived and you say oh they lived a good life but 
you still have to think about their families, you know. I my husband's grandparents lived to their nineties. They had kids in their that are in their sixties and seventies. That was hard for them. They had them for a long time. And so you can't minimize someone else's grief, right? So all I'm saying is heal, do your grief process, um, know that there's going to be loss in your life, um, and get you some support around it, right? Get you some support. And don't think you don't need it because you do. You do. No one is in a bubble. We're all out here. Um, this is a pretty transparent world we live in. You know, some of the things you think people don't see, they see. I can tell when one of my loved ones, I can hear it in their voice when they're hurting. I'm sure they can hear me in mine. I don't hide anything. I don't want to go through life living in a bubble. I want good people around me. I want fun, laughter. I want to live the best life that I can live, you know? I think it's I think it's tragic that people are cutting themselves to feel, to deal with stuff. And I think a lot of social media has to do with it because everything is really transparent, you know? It's hard. Anxiety is real, you know? Compulsions are real. And so... Um, be prepared that we may not go back to the life we once had. Some of that is going to be a loss for us. And so we need to prepare our minds and our hearts for that. You know, I don't want you to be afraid, but be prepared, right? Years ago, I remember when they started the prepping mode. And I lived, we lived in this little house in Carpers Cove. And this lady used to live down the street from us. And her son used to play uh, football with my son. And I remember visiting her. And she was a hunter. She had guns. And it was just her and her son. And she was kind of rough. She was a little rough one. And she worked like in construction. So she could hang with the guys, right? But I remember her saying, um, I well, I said to her, I said, girl, you got all kinds of stuff. She was she was prepping. She had meat in the freezer. She had all kinds of stuff. She had stockpiled weapons, everything. She had showed her son how to uh, shoot a weapon, all of that. I said, girl, when stuff jump off, I'm coming to your house. You know what she said? No, you're not. <laughs> she said, no, you're not. <laughs> I was like, okay, okay, I guess I'm not, right? But she was preparing, you know? She was preparing. And uh, that's what we have to do. We have to prepare, you know. We have to do what we feel is necessary, right? Do what you feel is necessary. And don't hurt anybody on the way, right? Grieve and um, do what you have to do. But don't hurt anybody else on the way, right? And try to be kind to yourself. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be mad. But it's not okay to hurt someone else in the process, not even yourself, right? Find different ways of dealing with it. I know this has been a long uh, sec episode, but I kind of want to just, you know, put that out there. We're dealing with some things. So um, take care of yourself. Love yourself. Love your family, your friends. But um, grieve your losses. 
in the best way you know how. And don't hurt anyone on, on the way or in the way or in the process. Don't hurt anyone, right? This is Miss Ruff signing out for The Rough Life. Hello, 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 everyone. Today is Selflessness Saturday. Today is Safe Saturday. Whatever you want to call it, relax, plant something, help somebody do something. Um, Just be selfless about what today is about. And when you're talking about being safe, you know, if you're going to go out, put your mask on. Put your mask on. I know y'all don't want to wear it. Um, I felt so bad yesterday when me and my husband went out. I didn't have a mask um, to wear at the time. And I went in the store and everybody had on their mask. I just pulled my little shirt over my nose and face. And um, I don't like feeling unsafe. And I'm not scared. Um, I just, I want to be safe. I do have a compromised immune system. And so... I take that very seriously. I take my health very seriously. And so I want to be safe. So I got a mask. I'm out today. I'm going out. Hopefully I'll buy me some things I can plant. Um, We had our our little dog passed away about a month ago. And um, we buried him in our backyard. And so we were going to plant something in memory of him. But also... My father-in-law's birthday is coming up, and we're going to plant something in his memory as well. And so we're not going to think about ourselves today. Um, We're going to do something selfless, something that will help someone else. It may be a phone call. It may be um, just checking on you, whatever it may be, you know. Um, But take care of each other, you know what I mean? And don't be selfish. Don't be selfish. My four and no more. Mm-mm. My two, just just us two will do. Nope. Do something that'll make you feel better. I know everybody can't be out and about. And I know that's hard for some people. But be kind today. You know? If you act up all week, be kind today. You know? Just take some time out um, to show a little act of kindness on today. Right? My friend um, went into work and she uh, picked up my keyless, uh, my keyless, my wireless keyboard and uh, something else I had asked her to pick up. And I'm on my way to get that. That was very selfless of her. And I appreciate her for that. Thanks, Cheryl. Um, I said I was going to shout somebody out today. Cheryl, you're my shout out today. Cheryl is my, um, what do we call ourselves, CIU. So we're client intake unit. She's my buddy on the client intake unit when we're at work taking complaints. And she is a free spirit. She has a very good spirit. She's a Libra, so shout out to the Libras. Uh, Fair, 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 fair. But Cheryl is very sweet and she's very kind. And she does things for people um, no matter what. And she just has this really great disposition about life in general. And so I want to give Cheryl a shout out for um, actually, you know, helping me out, you know. So do something selfless today. Take care of somebody. Take care of yourself today. First and foremost, take care of yourself today. 
If you feel like it's hard, do something you like to do. Put on a song that makes you happy. Let me tell you something. Nothing makes me more happy than hearing the song Smile by Kurt Franklin. The skies ain't, they not the color you want them to be, but you smile anyway. Things ain't going the way you want to, you smile anyway. You know what I mean? And it doesn't have to be fake. Just sometimes you got to fake it till you make it, right? So have one of those days. It's, it's a uh, sit back Saturday. You know, you can sit back and veg out on some stream, uh, stream YouTube, stream Netflix, Hulu, whoever you got. Just FYI, Hulu has now has HBO added on to it. Just FYI, if you people like Secession like I do, um, that's a gold nugget for y'all. See how selfless I am? I'm giving you something. So, anyway, uh, sit back today, relax, get out and get in your yard. Uh, you have the time. It doesn't help anyone if you're moping, if you're feeling sorry for yourself. It doesn't help anyone, right? Be kind to yourself on today. Get out, do something kind like my buddy Cheryl, right? Do what you got to do to make it through the weekend. I just wanted to give y'all a, a little nugget this Saturday. Selflessness is in the house. Um, Self-care is in the house. You know, kindness is in the house. Do something nice for yourself and someone else. That's all I'm asking you to do. It's, it's not a hard thing to do. Most people don't want or need very much, right? So do that, and I'll holler at y'all later. This is Miss Ruff giving you some love from the rough life.